In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. Lent begins again this weekend, and our first reading appropriately takes us back to the beginning with chapters 2 and 3 of Genesis. We're told that the Lord God forms man out of the clay and blows into his nostrils the breath of life. Even from the start, there's a play on words which we miss. The Hebrew word for man is Adam, and it's where we get the name for Adam as the first human being. It'd be like a male whose first name is man. He's man, but he's also man. And that's the wordplay here. Adam is also Ha-Adam. Most of us might visualize only one forbidden tree in the garden, but a careful reading of our text might indicate for us that there are actually two trees. Take a listen. Out of the ground, the Lord God made various trees grow, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, when you picture this forbidden tree and its fruit, you probably visualize an apple, right? Well, the word apple is actually never used to describe the fruit. Rather, the Hebrew word is peri, and it could mean all sorts of different things, such as an olive, a grape, an apricot, or even a pomegranate. Just what was the forbidden fruit? We're not sure. Although the idea of it being an apple is probably because the Latin word for apple, malum, is very close in sound to the word for evil, malus. The serpent is described as cunning, and with good reason. He tells the woman that, with regards to the forbidden fruit, If they touch or eat it, they certainly will not die. And here's the catch. In a sense, the serpent is right. When the man and woman eat the fruit, they don't die, at least not right away. But they do die in the sense that death has now entered reality. And St. Paul is talking all about death entering reality in our second reading. Take courage when you hear it at Mass, because I believe it just might be the most confusing passage in all of Scripture. Think of it this way. St. Paul wants to make a compare-and-contrast PowerPoint presentation between Adam and Jesus, and this compare-contrast style of rhetoric was known as syncresis at the time. But just as he gets started talking about how through one man sin entered the world and through sin death, just like your middle school history teacher, St. Paul gets totally sidetracked on his presentation and goes off on a tangent. His tangent is this. What happened to those who lived in the time between Adam and Moses? Because Moses hadn't received the law yet, could we say that those people sinned, and were they aware of their sin? From there, he spends several more verses showing how the result of Adam's action, which he calls the transgression, pales in comparison to the result of Christ's action, which he calls obedience. It's something like this. The first sin brought about death, but then, after the sins of so many, Christ's one act of obedience was more weighty and powerful than all of those sins. Because of this, just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Jesus finds himself in the desert wilderness in our gospel this weekend. Right away, Jesus' being in the desert should call to mind how the people of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years after escaping Egypt. St. Matthew is going to spend so much of his gospel paralleling the life of Christ with that of Israel as a whole. And here, his fasting in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights is to parallel the desert wanderings. But here's the key. Where the Israelites became unfaithful while in the desert, Jesus remains faithful when tempted by the evil one. Satan, the evil one, was understood at the time as something like the prosecuting attorney of the heavenly court. With God's permission, he's going to try and put people to the test with the hopes of showing how 
under difficult circumstances, they'll turn away from their faithfulness in God. He attempts to do this with Jesus over three temptations, but Jesus shows perfect faithfulness and counters each temptation with a verse from the book of Deuteronomy. This is also important because that book, Deuteronomy, is Moses' speech to the people of Israel in, you guessed it, the desert, before they are about to enter the promised land. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this first Sunday in Lent in year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.